Chapter seventy one of the Queen's Necklace by Alexandre Dumas, translated by Henry L. Williams. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Flight Oliva kept her promise, and Jean also. Oliva hid herself from every one, and Jean made her preparations, and in a few days made her appearance at the window as a sign to Oliva to be ready that evening for flight. Oliva, divided between joy and terror, began immediately to prepare. Jean went to arrange about the carriage that was to convey her away. Eleven o'clock at night had just struck when Jean arrived with a post-chaise to which three strong horses were harnessed. A man wrapped in a cloak sat on the box, directing the postilions. Jean made them stop at the corner of the street, saying, "'Remain here. Half an hour will suffice, and then I will bring the person whom you are to conduct with all possible speed to Emier. There you will give her into the care of the farmer who is my tenant. He has his instructions.' "'Yes, madame.' "'I forgot. Are you armed? This lady is menaced by a madman. He might perhaps try to stop her on the road.' "'What should I do?' "'Fire on anyone who tries to impede your journey.' "'Yes, madame.' "'You asked me seventy louis. I will give you a hundred, and will pay the expenses of the voyage which you had better make to London. Do not return here.' It is more prudent for you to go to St. Valerie, and embark at once for England. Rely on me, madame. Well, I will go and bring the lady. All seemed asleep in that quiet house. Jean lighted the lamp, which was to be the signal to Oliva, but received no answering sign. She will come down in the dark, thought Jean, and she went to the door, but it did not open. Oliva was perhaps bringing down her packages. "'The fool!' murmured the countess. "'How much time she is wasting over her rubbish!' She waited a quarter of an hour. No one came. Then half-past eleven struck. "'Perhaps she did not see my signal,' thought Jean, and she went up and lighted it again. But it was not acknowledged. "'She must be ill!' cried Jean in a rage, and cannot move. Then she took the key which Oliva had given her, but just as she was about to open the door she thought, Suppose someone should be there. But I should hear voices on the staircase and could return. I must risk something. She went up, and on arriving outside Oliva's door she saw a light inside, and heard footsteps but no voices. It is all right, she thought. She was only a long time getting ready. "'Oliva,' said she softly, "'open the door.' The door opened, and Jean found herself face to face with a man holding a torch in his hand. "'Oliva,' said he, "'is this you?' Then, with a tone of admirably feigned surprise, cried, "'Madame de Lamotte?' "'Monsieur de Cogliostro!' said she in terror, feeling half inclined to run away, but he took her hand politely and begged her to sit down. "'To what do I owe the honour of this visit, madame?' "'Monsieur,' said she, stammering, "'I came, I sought.' 
allow me madame to inquire which of my servants was guilty of the rudeness of letting you come up unattended jean trembled you must have fallen to the lot of my stupid german porter who is always tipsy do not scold him i beg you sir replied jean who could hardly speak but was it he i believe so but you promise me not to scold him i will not only madame will you now explain to me jean began to gather courage i came to consult you sir about certain reports what reports do not hurry me sir it is a delicate subject ah you want time to invent thought he you are a friend of monsieur le cardinal de rohan i am acquainted with him madame well i came to ask you what oh sir you must know that he has shown me much kindness and i wish to know if i may rely upon it you understand me sir you read all hearts you must be a little more explicit before i can assist you madame monsieur they say that his eminence loves elsewhere in a high quarter madame allow me first to ask you one question how did you come to seek me here since i do not live here jean trembled how did you get in for there are neither porter nor servants in this part of my hotel it could not be me you sought here who was it you do not reply i must aid you a little you came in by the help of a key which you have now in your pocket you came to seek a young woman whom from pure kindness i had concealed here jean trembled visibly but replied if it were so it is no crime one woman is permitted to visit another call her she will tell you if my friendship is a hurtful one madame you say that because you know she is not here not here oliver not here oh you do not know that you who helped her to escape i cried jean you accuse me of that i convict you replied cogliostro and he took a paper from the table and showed her the following words addressed to himself monsieur and my generous protector forgive me for leaving you but above all things i love monsieur beausire he came and i follow him adieu believe in my gratitude beausire cried jean petrified he who did not even know her address oh madame here is another paper which was doubtless dropped by monsieur beausire the countess read shuddering monsieur beausire will find mademoiselle oliva rue saint claude at the corner of the boulevard he had better come for her at once it is time this is the advice of a sincere friend oh 
groaned the countess. "'And he has taken her away,' said Cogliostro. "'But who wrote this note?' "'Doubtless yourself.' "'But how did he get in?' "'Probably with your key.' "'But as I have it here, he could not have it.' "'Whoever has one can easily have two. "'You are convinced?' replied she, while I can only suspect. She turned and went away, but found the staircase lighted and filled with men-servants. Cogliostro called out loudly before them, Madame la Comtesse de la Motte. She went out full of rage and disappointment. End of chapter 71 Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia